Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nodes the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation that caters to the interests of liminal trickster mystics like you, and like Hex Activist. Hex is a tarot genius and one half of the podcast Magical Rehabilitation, the other half of course being friend of the show Megan G, who you may know online as Seashell Meg. In this episode with Hex, we talk a lot about an experience that they had a couple years back in which they got canceled uh, for something pretty frivolous, it sounds like, although I don't know all of the details, uh, and I still haven't really felt the need to dig into it in any way. Uh, It sounds like it had something to do with uh, Romani culture and tarot appropriation, Uh, which I think is probably a subject that's very much up in the air for interpretation. Uh, But the way that it happened to Hex seems to have been particularly egregious and and extremely painful. And I think that uh, regardless of where we land on the question of appropriation in the tarot, uh, there's definitely a lot that we can take away emotionally, psychologically, sociologically, and uh, in terms of like compassion and empathy from listening to Hex's story, uh, which is the primary subject of today's podcast. Uh, so we're going to jump right into that. I guess it's kind of appropriate timing with Russell Brand, uh, who, of course, I've written a little bit about uh, admiring uh, being canceled this week. Uh I don't have too much to say about the whole Russell Brand thing, and I don't want to pollute an episode with Hex to talk about it. So yeah, if you're wondering whether those things are related, I'm I'm happening to release an episode about cancel culture uh, right at the same time that Russell Brand is being canceled. Uh, fear not, they are not in any way whatsoever related. Uh, but, you know, an, a peek behind the curtain of what it's like to feel ostracized is valuable to anyone at any time. And I think that the conversation was interesting and enjoyable. And more than that, you should really go check out the Magical Rehabilitation podcast. Uh, There's something about the conversational nature of the tarot uh, explorations that the pair of them are doing that makes it a lot easier, for me at least, for the concepts and theory and symbols and numerology and all of the like directional elements and colors and uh, you know everything visual about the cards is really sinking in much more deeply for me as they march their way through the major arcana one week at a time uh, and i'm i've really been enjoying the show i can definitely tell that even though they're only about a third i would say through the major arcana that this is going to be one of those experiences where you're kind of like meditating with tarot cards and you find yourself (laughs) drawn through the hero's journey that is represented by the major arcana. Uh, Just so happens that every time I listen to an episode, I find myself thinking about those topics for the rest of the day. And, uh, you know, I think that that, like, psychological priming has something to do with the kind of day that I have and the kinds of problems that I encounter and the kinds of growth that I'm capable of achieving. And, and you know, the pair of them, Hex and uh, Megan G, are very much oriented toward an interpretation of the tarot that's, uh, you know, very growth mindset. And so, yeah, I think, go listen to the podcast. Well, listen to this one first, and then go listen to Hex. Uh, I think you're really going to love the anthropological, historical, uh, symbol-oriented approach that they take to the tarot. It's really a joy 
uh, to learn from. Uh, so let's get to the episode. <laughs> but before we do, uh, let me read a little bit from the latest essay at creekmasons.substack.com. This one concludes my three-parter on Jung's commodification by Silicon Valley. I think it's uh, it's like the most words that I've ever written about a single nonfiction subject. Uh, but it's quality over quantity as well. <laughs> so I think that uh, if you head to creekmasons.substack.com while you're there, subscribe. Uh, but please do read this essay, leave a comment, let me know what you think. And, uh, you know, that's a good place to keep track of new Nodes episodes being released as well. So if you're not subscribed to the Creek Mason Substack, do it, you know? That's, that's where you're going to find out the new Nodes episodes are being released. Let's read this essay and jump into our episode with Hex Activist. Digital individuation. Figure out what you are and do it on purpose. That quote comes from Dolly Parton. Who knew she was a union? As is well documented and probably familiar to anyone who watched Netflix's documentary hit The Social Dilemma, recommendation algorithms serve content that intentionally buckets us into personality types in order to predict and modify our behavior toward profitable ends. Cambridge Analytica is famous for having done this in order to serve highly personalized political advertisements that are supposed to have dramatically influenced the 2016 presidential election. The data science firm is known for laser-targeting individuals in contentious swing states via the use of psychological profiles that they derived from mountains of questionably acquired Facebook data. What are those psychological profiles other than data-informed Jungian archetypes? What is the voting behavior of individuals targeted with Skinnerian techniques other than a cynically hijacked form of individuation? Most importantly, how can we seize the means of our own personality structure's production? Put another way, faced with recommendation algorithms out loud agenda to modify our behavior toward its own ends, how can we ensure that we are the ones in charge of our own self-definition? The obvious answer is to delete everything from your phone that uses a recommendation algorithm. But I believe we actually do have an opportunity for self-brainwashing that's worth pursuing. Granted, the apps will always take more into account than simply what you and quote-unquote people like you choose to watch, re-watch, like, comment on, and follow. They'll always, at least in part, follow their own agenda. But there's still harm reduction and agency empowerment available to us and we'd be fools not to act on it. I go into more detail on both ends of the questions raised in this little snippet, uh, both in terms of context and in terms of potential answers, and I think that you'll enjoy it. So head on down and read Archetypes and Digital Individuation. All right, let's press play. Hi, welcome. Thank you for becoming a node. This is very exciting. 
I'm excited. Yeah. I, so you're a good friend of a uh, good friend of the show. Uh, we know her as Seashell Meg on the Creek Masons Discord. Uh, but you you co-hosts the wonderful uh, Magical Rehabilitation podcast. Yes, it's a fun little podcast. And right now we're talking about tarot, but hopefully we'll talk about everything at some yeah, point. Yeah, just the whole but, occult yeah. spectrum. Even already, just exactly. with the uh, the couple of major arcana that you've been through, there's there's a lot of like myth and stuff being pulled in, history. Uh, one of my favorite stories was about the female pope that uh, may or may not have existed. I know. I was surprised to learn about that one too, but I love, that's why I love doing it. Cause like we get to bring in all this random stuff that I'm like, well, that's exciting. Yeah. It's really fun. I, I love it. And so, uh, you know, uh, this podcast it almost has a similar format, except I, I like draw a tarot card randomly at the beginning. Right. And so, uh, I kind of like ask the tarot, you know, like, what what should we be uh what should we be riffing on what should we improv over and today we are getting ooh the three of swords ooh that's such a juicy it card. is this is i think it, it so i haven't gotten a lot of i just had mitch uh horowitz on and i was inviting him to uh create some closing thoughts on you know using the tarot and he was like, oh, God, I was so worried you were going to give me the Nine of Swords to riff off of and make me explain how that related to our conversation, which I thought was really funny. But the Three of Swords, how do you, uh, like, how do you, what's what's heartbreak or despair? What what else? Grief? Um, I've So, you know, for listeners, the card is a, it's the Rider Waite deck. So it's a, it's a red heart. Uh, in like storm clouds with three swords piercing it. And I've heard that the three swords uh, are like thoughts, actions, and deeds that have wronged you. It's like a kind of a, like a backstabbing thing. That's the the site That's that I use for tarot interpretations is biddytarot.com. Uh, but what does it bring I up like for you? I like to kind of, I like to kind of, I like that, that each one represents a different idea. Cause that's how I see them mm. too. Um, but I always think of this is really corny, but I think of that song from um oh now I can't remember the show, but it it was um it's like I have hurt feelings. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's from from oh I can't remember. Mm. But anyway, it's just like these guys and they're singing this really silly song and it's just like I have hurt feelings and they're singing about all the things that hurt their yeah. feelings. I think it's uh and, Flight of the oh, Concords. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. And so that's how I see the mm. card. Um it's just kinda like the things that are like hurting your feelings um at the time when it's coming up for you. Yeah. You know? And that could be like grief or something really big or it could just be something small like someone left a mean comment on your instagram or whatever you know <laughs> yeah what <I> mean? <laughs> so that's kind of how i see it it's just like what is what is um like niggling at mm, you you yeah. know what i mean in that moment like those things that just like a rock in your shoe yeah. or you know a sword in your heart so what's coming up that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, you know? that, I, that's very similar to how I see it. And there's something to me that like sh- screams insult about it. Like, 
Someone has mm-hmm. someone has plunged this sword through the heart. It's it didn't just materialize there by itself. It was it was somehow. So I don't I actually like I have no idea what this could be referring to when it comes to like us having a, a good podcast conversation. Is there anything that like what what is it what like is there anything that is a rock in your shoe right well, now? I mean it's funny because I literally just before I did this got my teeth oh, cleaned yeah. and the dentist was telling me about how at their other spot that they clean teeth, this is like these customers came in and were like having a problem with her. And she was like, I'm pretty sure it's cause I'm the only person of color in my dental office. And I was like, I mean, I, the area we joke, but it's like, kind of a racist mm. area so we have like a, a riff on that name for it because it's like i'm pretty sure that that is oh, what wow. it is too you know and like um i just thought i think it's interesting because she's like it shouldn't bother me but it's still bothering me and this is like so long ago but i'm like i don't know if you know my backstory but i was canceled in air quotes oh no <laughs> and I took like a two year break from Instagram and social media period. Like I deleted all my social media and I deactivated my Facebook and Instagram and et cetera. Oh wow. Because of the stuff that happened to me. And it's like, everyone was kind of like, you aren't over that. But sometimes like the things that people say, especially when they're rooted in like nonsense, like it's not like a real Mm. complaint. It still bothers, yeah. You know, and it's hard to get past. So that's kind of a funny card because of my back. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) really interesting. And you're like, you're doing this brave thing. You've started a podcast, and you're like, you're on a podcast now. So you've decided to make yourself public again. Uh, That's really that's really brave. I think, um, you know, I've never even like gone viral or anything, Uh, but it's always in the back of my mind that like you know, I write these little essays for Stubstack and it's like, maybe not always. Sometimes I'm like, this essay kind of sucks. It's not going viral. But like, <laughs> a lot of times I'm like proud of it. And like, I know for sure that if, if you get praise, the reverse side of the coin will come as well. There will always be, I don't know, 10% of people who are, who hate whatever you stand for, <laughs> for maybe mostly reasons that they project onto you and really have nothing to do with you. Uh, so this is like, I yeah. mean, like, this is one of my greatest fears. I, I personally have like, a, uh, maybe an outsized, uh, like kind of triggerability when it comes to being ostracized or cast out of the group. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you tell your story if you're, if you're down to. Uh, but I just want to, I, I want to tell this, this thought that I've been having lately. I've been watching this show. It's a reality show called Alone. And uh, mm-hmm. they drop these people into the middle of like these barren wildernesses. And they, they're supposed to like build a shelter and hunt their own food. And they're only allowed like primitive weapons and stuff. And they got to keep a fire burning. And it's like this survival thing. And whoever lasts longest uh, wins like a million dollars or half a million. It's like a big prize. And so people like, they like, you know, cram calories before it so that they can like lose as much weight as possible and still like survive out there. But like, even with that in mind, the longest people last is like three months. 
And so if you think about like our ancestors, when they were like part of the tribe, if they did something that like got them canceled by, you know, the other, the other tribe members, like, and they got cast out at three months, it's, it's a death sentence to, to live on your own as a human. And so I think that this, like this, um, you know, I think what happened to you can, I understand for sure why it would be hard to let go of that. It, It can trigger that, like evolutionary memory of being sep- like the threat of being separated. Yeah. Like banishment. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's interesting. I haven't heard of that show, mm. but that's really fascinating. We kind of have this like obsession with apocalyptic narratives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like our Western culture. And it's, it's really interesting to me. I've been thinking a lot about that mm. recently. Um, but yeah, like, okay, so my backstory, I'll just tell it briefly, and then we can get back into the, the meat of the conversation. Sure, yeah. um, I don't know, I feel like it's all related, but like, maybe it's not, maybe it's just random, and I was just lucky, and it happened to me twice. Mm. Um, but the first time, it's kind of funny that everything I'm doing right now is so focused on tarot, because the first time, it was me... Um, getting canceled for saying tarot is not culturally appropriative. Um, That's not a take I've ever heard. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that after this conversation, you never have to hear it again. Um, Yeah, so somebody screenshot that and then blasted it to this group that then was like sending me DMs telling me to kill myself, like just everything. It was horrible. And so... I just was blocking people and they said that I was silencing Romani people and that I was violently oppressing their perspective on, you know, tarot and I was being a hypocrite Mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I mean, I'm an Aries. I'm a little fiery. I'm a spicy (laughs) person. So I was just kind of like, this is so ridiculous. And like, I just, I, cause I thought, okay, you know, people want to be aggressive. I'll just aggressively stand my point because I'm not wrong. Um, but that was not, I guess, how I should have handled mm. it. So I basically like, I was like, okay, I just need to step back from this. So I did. And then I came back and then not even two, like maybe two months after this person said, oh, um, like, I just can't even, it was so ridiculous. They essentially said, your name is the same name as somebody who um, upset me in the past and you're the same person and you know, like you're evil. And then they started like going through all of my social media, every interaction I've had publicly with other people, they like blasted LinkedIn, they blasted Facebook, they blasted like all my personal information to like tens of thousands of people there was this huge rift, like all these people that had followed me for like years, all of a sudden were like, they're evil, blah, 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 all this mm. stuff. And I was like, what is happening? What like, this is, this is absolutely just ridiculous. There's no foundation to any of these claims. This isn't true. I don't even know who they're talking about, how, who they're accusing me of wow. being. And like, I don't, I try not to keep my like, personal information and my professional information Mm -hmm. together right like that's just my I don't know just blame it on my Scorpio stellium or whatever but like you know I was just like 
my name is Sarah. That's a super popular name. And I'm like, it's been the most popular name to name your, you know, girls since like the 1800s, possibly since the Bible, you know, like, I don't know, but it's not an uncommon name. Right. And, um, yeah. So because that's my name, then they were saying all this stuff and I was like, bro, I don't even know what to do. So it just got really, really, I mean, it's an, it was insane, honestly. And then they started backtracking like, oh, well, it's people like Hex. And I was like, that's not even real. Oh like, God. that's not a real accusation. So at that point, it was a nightmare. And I just was like, and it all happened on my birthday, which was like super hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like sitting there on my birthday and they're like, happy birthday. I'm like, this is the worst day ever. <laughs> like, so I was like, this is no, I'm done. You know, like I have a family, I have a life. This is not real. Like I can't. So I stepped away and then the longer I was away, the happier I was. So I just didn't come back until I felt like it, which was literally like two years later. Yeah. So that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, three swords <laughs> through your heart for sure. At least maybe 3000. <laughs> yeah. That's that know, right? terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. So, um, yeah, it, and it's like, I lost so many friends. I lost so many connections. Mm. I lost so much money. I lost, you know, just like everything fell apart. So it was like a huge tower moment in that yeah. respect. Um, but I mean, whatever, it's not my first rodeo. So it's like, I've lost everything multiple times wow. before. So it's not like, you know, I'm coming at it from this place of, I don't know how to rebuild mm. and whatever, but I really had to make peace with the idea that like I was going to have to fight people. Right. Yeah. And like people were going to fundamentally and intentionally misunderstand yeah. me just because, and like our whole online culture is really kind of transformed into this um, outrage yeah. culture where people get more viewership and they get higher yeah. numbers and they get more money just for creating mm -hmm. drama. And it's not like the person who did that to me, has stopped. None of these people have stopped. They still do it because that's their yeah. shtick. That's how they get their, you know, their funds and their fans and everything. Right. Um, so it's like, it's whatever, you know, I, I choose not to be that person. And so I have to make peace with the fact that people are going to look at me and say, well, how can anyone really love people how can anyone really just be positive how can how can that be real and it's like you don't have to believe it you don't have to like it but that, that's yeah. who i am so i can't really stop <laughs> <laughs> so you're just gonna have to hate me and i'm just gonna have to deal yeah. with it so that's kind of like that's how i've and it hasn't happened since i've been back um fingers crossed it doesn't happen again but you know whatever mm. i'm like taking that mentality that I no longer am afraid of yeah. going through that experience anymore because you can't take anything from me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So that was, um, it was a lesson. It, it was an experience. Yeah. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, but you're, yeah. you're, so you're clear of it. You're like, since you've been back, you're doing your like star moment after, after the tower. And yeah. I mean, 
I feel like I'm still kind of in in a banished space. Mm. I feel like this um, hesitation around the community that I used to have, like the people who are, it's like the people who talk to me now are people who never left Mm. or new people who I never really talked to Mm -hmm. before. So it's like kind of weird because the people who were there before and then maybe I lost contact, it's like, they don't really like my stuff. Mm. They don't really talk to me, but they're still there, you know? And it's like, it's like that banishment thing is so real. And, and I think like people are afraid of it happening to them too. Right. You know, like they're like, if I associate with you, I become tainted and I can't handle that. So I have to push you away, whether that's conscious or subconscious behavior. It's like, it's so real. It's just, it's wild. And like, my background was anthropology and I'm just like, Oh no, (laughs) I'm an experiment. (laughs) I'm an anthropological experiment. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) That's crazy. So like, so the, uh, break it down. Like if you don't mind, maybe, maybe this is like too triggering to like go back into that mental space of like the, the real scary part. But, uh, if you don't mind, I have an immense curiosity about this because I have this like fear of rejection and fear of banishment. Um, what's the, what's the like, and I think it's important to talk about this because maybe people don't realize when they're participating in outrage culture, what it does to the person who's like, maybe in your case, it sounds like completely erroneously accused. Like, what, mm-hmm. what, what's that like dark space? What's going on for you? Are you like, are you looking over your shoulder at people and, and worried or like what, it? how would you, how would you describe so, it? It was, um, it was really, I think I, I can't trust, like I grew up in a time when you were taught that the internet is not a safe yeah. place to guard your personal information, you know, like, so I've never felt that the internet is like this kind of place where, you know, you should have your personal yeah. information easily and readily available, you know, like it's to a certain extent um, impossible, yeah. right? Like people are going to figure it out if they yep. want to, but you shouldn't give them a very easy way <laughs> to do that. So, yeah. um, so for me, like at first I was like, okay, what if they find out like my personal information? And I was kind of nervous, but I was like, well, you know, it's not that easy. So I guess it's fine. As long as people understand that's not me, this isn't Mm. me and we can just drop it. It didn't go away. Right. So like at first you're kind of like optimistically thinking like, this is ridiculous. People will see that it's ridiculous. And then when that doesn't happen, you're like, okay, this is a problem. (laughs) But hopefully the problem will get resolved. And then you're like, okay, it's not getting resolved. It's just getting worse. And you're like, well, at least I've protected my personal information. And then like, this was just so absurd. But I had um, a friend who had posted a snapshot of a WhatsApp conversation between me and them. The icon of the WhatsApp conversation, that person who was like, you know, canceling me in air quotes took that reverse image, searched it, managed to pull the icon and attach it to a LinkedIn profile. I didn't even remember I had LinkedIn at the time, whatever. 
And so I was like, it's such a tiny, like tiny, tiny little icon, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like degraded and whatever. And I was like, okay, this is getting really fucked up. Like (laughs) this is bad. So at that point I started getting like panic, you know, like it was a lot of panic. My, i I felt like how you would feel if somebody was watching you or following you. Right. But obviously I'm just sitting in my room. (laughs) Like, and the only thing is, is like my phone. Like, so it's this really, it's such a weird Mm. feeling because you know, nobody's actually there. Your neighborhood is quiet. Nobody's on the street. And yet you have this feeling like you're about to be pounced on. Right. Mm. So at that point, I started having all the, I made my account private. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then people are like feeding information, setting up Instagram profiles, talking about all these problematic behaviors of me, which really didn't have anything. Cause I mean, I'm not perfect. No and I'm also not like actively problematic. Yeah. I feel yeah. right. Maybe I'm biased, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> so it was such a weird feeling. Um, and then that's when like community really started rallying, right? Like people were like, are you okay? Oh, like, how can I help you? You know? And so people were trying to get that account shut down. They were like reporting it to Instagram. They were telling me like, you know, what was going mm. on and whatever. And so on the one hand, I had people like kind of giving me updates and making sure. And then I could kind of, but I was really just panic mode 24 seven at that oh, point. I was so upset. And so I really like tried to stick it out and see if things would get better. If I just made my account private, if I deactivated all of my personals, except for the Instagram, yeah. you know, if all of that would help, but nothing seemed to relent. It's like people who are doing that don't want you to apologize. They don't want you to, you know, they want you gone. Yeah. They just want you to stop existing. Anytime that you're existing or you're in a space where they know that you're in that space, it's like they have to get rid of you. It's not, there's no like justice to it. It's not, it's just literally like, I feel like (laughs) if actions could kill, that would be like, you know, something that they would probably be like, well, I don't feel bad because they're a bad person, you know, which obviously debatable, right? right? You know, so it was really at that point when I started to kind of put these things together, I was like, I think I just need to deactivate and clear the Mm. slate, not like for anyone else, but just for me to get my mental health in check because I started suspecting everyone every single follower I had, which at the time was over 5,000. I was like, um, they could all be people feeding information to this person and they could all be watching me. And I don't know who's my friend and who's not like, there was a short list of maybe like less than a hundred people that I maybe trusted, you know? And so it was like, I was like, this is, I'm literally becoming paranoid. This is not okay. I have to just, this has to go. So at that point, if I couldn't deactivate it, I deleted it. And I just erased my entire presence from the internet, everything except for Patreon and discord and discord is, you know, it's more or less private, right? You can control it a lot easier. And, um, 
Patreon is obviously Patreon, yeah, right? right? So it's yeah. whatever. Paywalled internet. <laughs> so, it's uh, a friendly yeah, place, probably. So that was that was wild. I lost a bunch of patrons. Oh well, yeah. you know, like. Um, but that's, I mean, like that's money. Is. That's your livelihood, you know, yeah. or at least a, a supplement to it. That's my income probably dropped by eighty percent wow. or more in the course of a month. It was really brutal. Um, and I just kind of had to let it go. And I really wasn't mentally okay at all. Yeah. So after that point, I had to, um, I had to start like talking to like counselor and, and psychiatrist oh, and get man. medicated. Wow. And I just like, it was a really long process to feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really, I, I, as soon as everything was gone and like maybe two weeks after that, that person kind of started moving yeah, they on. They got to find right? someone else to so, crucify. Right. I didn't feel better, but I felt like safer. If that makes sense. I just knew like I couldn't come back and I didn't want to come back because I didn't want to face yeah. it again. Right. I was like, if I come back and it's only been two weeks, they're just going to jump right back on my, you yeah. know, like on my account and like just, all of that. And I was like, I don't want that. Mm. And anyone who's going to request to follow me is suspect at that point. So I can't just take in whoever and just pretend like it's all good. So I just had to wait, (laughs) which wound up being a really long time Mm. to see if I could even handle it because I'm like you, I don't like rejection. I don't like people misunderstanding me. I mean, that probably comes from, childhood and all of that you know um but it was really it was a really trend like i don't want to say transformative and have people think that it was like positive but it was like that was like a completely transformative process like i already knew the internet wasn't safe but i didn't feel the depth Mm. of you know like the lack of safety the depth of that until i went through that process and then over that period of time, I saw other people that I followed who also went through a similar process from different yeah. people. And they were talking about how one person even had CPS called oh on them God. and like, yeah, lost their entire business. And I was just like, see, this is why, this is why I left because I just knew that the more personal information that comes out, the the worse the accusations get, the more that they have to like lord over yeah. you, the more that it can affect the people I care about. I'm just not playing no. that game, especially when I didn't even do anything. So yeah. it's like, you know, I was like, I I so in that sense, I guess it made me feel a little better because I felt vindicated for my actions, yeah. even though yeah. at the time it was utterly like terrifying it was super upsetting it changed everything about my life in such a short amount of time that in some ways like like I'm still dealing with it because my business isn't a business Mm. really you know like I'm still it's almost like I'm starting from scratch even though I'm not um you know like I've still had to go through like you know the medical system to to make sure that I'm not like getting into that low mental yeah. space again. Cause that was like super low space, you know? And yeah. like, 
financially, obviously that hasn't recovered. Like, so it was like completely destructive and I'm not upset about it in the sense that everything, you know, fell apart because obviously you build it back stronger and, and you can be stronger. Um, but it also wasn't my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) If I didn't have to go through that, that would be great, but you know, Oh, well, so yeah. Wow. Wow. You said, uh, you said at one point that there was, uh, I mean, like, I think that we're on the same page here where it's, we've got that like kind of new age conception of why we incarnate. That's like, we're here to have experiences that provide us with lessons that are necessary for our soul's Mm -hmm. maturation. And like, you know, there's, we're, we're here to have experiences. So like, what, what was the ultimate takeaway? And we can like, we can move off of this <laughs> and talk about like, Oh no, I don't, I don't prefer. mind. We can talk about whatever it's, I've dealt with it a lot. So I don't feel like, um, like it doesn't trigger me. Does that yeah. make sense? Like I can kind of like detach myself That's enough from it that it's, it's impressive. But, um, I feel like the lesson there is, I was really giving a lot of myself, like all of myself to people. I was like, Hey, I validate that. I get it. You know, like, Oh, you're lonely. Like I'll spend three hours Mm. talking to you. Like, no worries. I have stuff to do, but it's all good. Like I got you. And this was like during the pandemic too. So people were just really in a difficult spot, like across the board. So I was really trying to, I, like the way that my life has been is that I was already sort of isolated. Mm. And so I, this, when the pandemic hit, I wasn't suddenly isolated. It was just like, now I'm not going out as much. You know (laughs) what I mean? And so it wasn't like a big deal to me on that level, but for other people, they were like, not okay. So I was like, well, you know, like I'm okay. So I can be okay for you. And so I think like for me, the takeaway was, yeah, people aren't going to reciprocate that just because you can give that doesn't mean that you're going to receive Mm. that. And you can't just, you know, like you do have to really have boundaries, Mm. like loving from a boundary place is actually going to be better than just being loved. You know, it's like, if I think about somebody like, I don't know if you have ever heard of Ama, but she goes around and she just, Oh, the hugging thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm like, you have to book a ticket and maybe pay a fee and show up and get a hug, but you have to, that's a boundary. You know what I mean? It's not like you can just go get a hug whenever you want. Right. So I think she, she um, has like security guards, like secret service looking dudes, like standing around, like making sure the hugs aren't taking too long or whatever. Yeah. I've heard that. So I'm like, yeah, it's like, there's boundaries to even things that are inherently, that seem inherently like free love, you know, it's like, so you can't just, be free love there's no such thing you know like that has to come with reciprocity on some level and like um that was i should have already learned that but you know sometimes we just need the tower (laughs) you know we're not listening the three of swords wasn't good enough the nine of swords the ten of swords you need the tower (laughs) because you're not listening so 
yeah, I was like, okay, um, that's fair. Cause I, I gave a lot, you know, like I would maybe only have one free day and then I would record a podcast or yeah. something instead of doing my work. And so it's like all of that set me back. Cause none of the people that I gave that to are struggling. Yeah. They're all doing fine for themselves, mm. but me, I'm still struggling. And when all of that hit, it was like, you're still on this. Like, yeah. you know, you're like, or I can't have drama associated with my business oh, and, man. you know, just absurd things. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I really thought this was different. Yeah. So it was like, when, when I went through all of that, that's kind of like the lesson I had to take away is just like, protect yourself and when you protect yourself you can love more deeply mm. and more meaningfully yeah you know? the, the way that you uh like your your body language while you were explaining that like i kind of i have the uh the three of swords open on another uh monitor screen to my left it's in the creek mason discord and uh it was like perfectly it was almost like the three of swords was in one eye and your body language was in the other you were kind of like blocking your heart with your boundary mm. and it it yeah it like, like it gave me whoa. this impression of like you know like defending your heart from the swords and and there yeah. there is something also about that that's like a holding of your heart that's like an offering uh i don't know it's kind of weird to describe your body language over a podcast but like <laughs> No, that's interesting. Yeah, it was very expressive of both the um, the protection and like the the uh, the active element, the the providing. I guess maybe uh, I was just listening to, I think it was the Empress episode. Y'all were you and you and Meg were talking about the like providing for your community kind of energy that that the Empress yeah. embodies. Yeah, I feel that way, though, because it is like, it is an opening and an offering. But at the same time, it's like, once you become aware of the swords, it's easier to block them before they enter mm. you. Like, you're not going to, like, you can see it coming, which I think is part of that. It's almost like a red flag, yeah. right? Like, you become aware of the red flags. But what what are they? It's, I need to know. <laughs> oh, okay, so... This is something that I, I've started talking about more. Um, I had been through an abusive relationship mm. before, and I see a lot of these things pop up in community. Mm. And I've talked about it like here and there about like recognizing abusive behaviors in spiritual yeah. community because you will see the exact same stuff. And it's kind of like no one else sees it, but I yeah. see it. It's a red flag, you know, like this person is doing this. And I'm like, see this is kind of problematic you're telling people that they can only trust your version of ah, the narrative yeah you know like when people say something like you know oh well it's people like that yeah. person you're you're just putting a pin on that person as like a target but you're not saying why you're giving some unrelated thing. Mm. And so it's like, you're just manipulating people's ideas, but basically any of the abusive um, red flags that people tell you to look out for in relationships yeah. that also applies platonically that applies, you know, like uh, professionally that yeah. is like on the internet. And I feel like 
there's so many examples of it in a lot of these like quote healers that we just aren't even aware of until or unless you already had that idea in your mind. So Mm. it's like, I started to see it, especially with accounts that like hyper focus on one individual. I don't know if you've seen that, but they're just like, you know, the holistic psychologist is just a problematic person. And every single post is about that. And you're like, bro, like, maybe so and also get a <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah like it has to stop this is just ridiculous so that to me is problematic it's like you're obsessing over this one individual yeah. instead of their behavior you're not telling people the behavior so much as telling them the individual yeah. and the individual can be the individual is all the things we're all problematic sometimes we're all yeah. you know like great sometimes like it's a spectrum you can't always be perfect that's literally not the yeah, point you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> yeah so, we're, we're all, all yeah i mean yeah i've started to link those and when when you do like i'd have to look up the things and go through them point by point right because like off the top of my head i can't really think of any but um yeah things like i said you know like calling out an individual it's like that's manipulative you know like telling people that they can't trust other people's perspectives only yours like you know some secret information Mm. but you can't share that information you know like um just kind of things like that i don't know it was just so weird you you hear that in abusive relationships all the time that like that drive to separate the partner from like, or the, the victim yeah. from all of their other relationships. Like, Oh, you know, your best yeah. friend was talking shit about you or, or it seems like she really hates you secretly or whatever it is. You know, there's yeah. like a, Oh, they don't like me. So they're just biased. Yeah, exactly right. Why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you got to pick them or me, that kind of thing, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, that isolation is, I think I've, I've like read this somewhere, heard it somewhere. It's a desire to control all the information that comes in, because if you can control all the information that comes in, you can gaslight the person to high hell, you know, you can, you can, yep. um, completely, destroy their reality and, and, and help like drive them to, you know, whatever outcome you want as the abuser. I don't even really understand what you get out of it. <laughs> but I know. I don't get it either. I just, I'm like, okay. But since I've noticed that in the communities, yeah. it's almost like you can just see it so clearly and it, it makes it easier to like follow and unfollow people. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty wild once you become aware of those impulses, but yeah, I don't, I don't get what people get out of it. I guess I do. Right. Cause they get money, they get communities, mm. they get all of these things out of it. So it is beneficial to them to do these things. But I mean, personally, I'm like, why? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know it, kinda, I mean? like, it separates the um the like spiritual sangha, you know, from like a cult, you know. That's like yeah. It, yeah. there's it's very difficult to get into the like spiritual community and find your like tribe and the people that you get along with and figure out a way 
to make sure that you're not like going over the deep end, you know, or as a creator, you know, like as, as someone who had a Patreon and 5,000 followers, like in a way, all influencers are kind of cult leaders, you know, that's like, that's like basically what the job description is. You're the word influence is what someone like Charles Manson exerted over people. He had like, immense charisma that influenced people to do horrible things. And so it's like, I think that like as creators, we have to figure out a way to not become cult leaders ourselves. And you hear people like Jessa Mm -hmm. Reed talk about this all the time. Do you, do you follow her at all? I probably do, but I'm really bad with remembering yeah. names. So. Well, no worries, no worries. Uh, but like, yeah, Jessa Reed, uh, Duncan Trussell, Douglas Rushkoff, like all of the podcast creators that I'm into, like every once in a while, they have to have an episode. Uh, Charles Eisenstein just said this too. They have to have like an episode where they're like, and by the way, I'm not perfect. Don't follow me. You know, like uh, this is this is not about me. I just have some ideas that I articulate into a microphone, and that doesn't make me special in any way. You know, like you know, stay yeah. away. And well, and I think I, that that like dark energy. If you don't if you don't figure out a way to, I guess I guess you have to like successfully integrate it, like any shadow aspect, and and acknowledge its presence and figure out how to. Uh, work around it without like expressing it in a toxic way but what these people who are like the online abusers of the spiritual community are doing is like unleashing a shadow side that they have no control over and it's like it's part projection and it's part like just you know whatever you kind of I guess I don't know maybe this is maybe this is uh, too much speculation, but I always think that there's some aspect in these confrontations uh, that people get into online, even even the ones that aren't like, you know, f- totally pitchforky, but just like people, you know, attacking others on Facebook in the comment section or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always some aspect of it where it's like, maybe you should look inward and figure out in what ways you're expressing these characteristics that you claim to hate so much. Like, is it is it maybe that there's something going on inside you that you're ashamed of or that you have difficulty expressing in a healthy way and you know and that's and that's where this is coming from i like the process of making a scapegoat has been a part of human society for a really long time but i just don't i don't see it as i don't know it's like psychologically healthy i don't i don't see it as, as you know as the right, (laughs) the right move. Well, I feel like before, um, we had like mechanisms to deal with these problems interpersonally that just do not exist anymore. And so it's like, yeah, for example, if we're in our little, you know, community and we're canceling each other or whatever, it's like, we would be called within community and those allegations would be addressed. And if it was found to be abusive and unfounded restitution would Mm. occur, there wouldn't be injustice on that level. Right. And random people aren't going to be accused of stuff because 
typically speaking, is going to be the same person every time that's bringing up these allegations, yeah. you know, that's causing a ruckus in community. They're going to know the personality. If somebody says all of a sudden, you know, like, oh, Joe totally hit me. And they're like, Joe, really? <laughs> I don't yeah. believe it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be this complete uh mystery to so many people where they're like well i thought that joe was a good person that's just that's just so upsetting it's like no they Mm. know because they interact they have experiences and so now we're so divorced from meaningful community that our sense of justice and restitution is so like perverted in a way like we just don't have any investment in actually seeing things to the point of restitution like it's just like satisfying to get to that. And it's like, you're saying it's that shadow side that wants to be satisfied, you Mm. know, like, Oh, well I knew something was off or, Oh, well, you know, like it's good. We want bad people to be punished because, you know, my life is difficult and things are out of control. And it's just like, that makes me feel in control. So I feel justified for suffering Mm. or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know the mentality because I don't, think, <laughs> yeah, but, right. you know, I, I'm like, I feel that because we have in some ways it's beautiful and I, and I love everything that, you know, social media and like the interconnectedness yeah. of all these different communities provides. And in another way, without the strong community to root mm. us, then we don't have, we're just kind of floating. And then that's, bumping into each other and just conflicting in ways that are deeply harmful, you know, especially if you're on the receiving end of that antipathy. Mm. Right. So I don't know. Um, I don't have like good solutions other than like (laughs) teaching people how to identify abusive characteristics in individuals, you know, and like talking about the harm of banishment and the need for restitution, because it's really like, if you, if you, break it down it's the same idea as abolishing prisons yeah. right we say that prison culture is so deleterious yeah. and that we need to like integrate people and hold people and then we go online and we're I'm, like I'm, I'm except for yeah. you you can go die in obscurity <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like yeah. it makes no sense it's the same idea you know yeah. so it's like it's just it's a big conversation and there's no meaningful community to have in yeah. it. I think that's the problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It it almost seems like our our concept of justice in America is like your uh revenge. It it's it doesn't have anything to do with a person taking accountability and and correcting their issues. It's like an eye for an eye basically. And I I just I you know, I have issues with that because I don't necessarily believe that there like even is free will. So like there, there are definitely people out there who maybe need to be, you know, sent to time out for a little while. You know, there, there are people who uh, do things that are, like you said, deleterious to like all of society. Um, And maybe they need to like, you know, learn some empathy and, you know, whatever else, learn some compassion, learn some social skills and uh, learn that it's wrong to like harm other people. But um, 
you know, even, even those, even like the murderers, you know, uh, I know a lot of people who love true crime. And so I Mm -hmm. like, I sometimes absorb like facts from true crime out of nowhere, you know, it's not like necessarily my media, but it like, it, it filters in through my bubble. And uh, one of the things that I hear all the time is that like, 90% 90% of serial killers or something have a head wound as a child. And so hmm. there's like this traumatic brain injury element to becoming a serial killer that like sometimes when people are on trial, we let them off on like the insanity defense or there's this one really famous story of a, a guy who was like sleeping in an RV with his wife and he was a horrible sleepwalker and he woke up in the middle of, or halfway woke up in the middle of the night and imagined that there was like a man on top of his wife, like trying to strangle her. And so he pulled this man off and he like choked him out and killed him. But it turned out that was his wife. He was hallucinating the whole oh. time. And so he's horribly distraught, totally not on purpose. You know, he, he, was, he wanted to be found guilty and just sent to prison because of his horrible shame and 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 you know mm-hmm. grief about like killing the person he loved uh, but he was ultimately found innocent and because in our justice system we acknowledge that sometimes people aren't in full control of their bodies well if you like if you really like follow that to its logical conclusion like every person who says something that's like cancelable got that information from somewhere else and it it like vibed with them for whatever reason because of their life experience and like it, you could say it's like evolution caused you know s- certain characteristics in their psychology and then like their genetics had an influence on their current behavior and then like their hormone levels in the moment like caused them to say something that was you know whatever and then the like neurochemicals themselves like the serotonin levels and you can go from like macro to micro and get all of this science on board and just say like, well, ultimately all of us are in some way, not in full control of our bodies at any given time. And so what I think is the logical conclusion is just forgive everybody, everything for like, forgive us all. And, and, you know, if it's, I don't know, I I guess you could say like the other logical thing is like, well, maybe it was inevitable that we punish these people or whatever, but I don't know. I just, I see it as, I, I, I see it as like a need to, to come together around our, our shared, you know, difficulty with controlling ourselves. Like we're, we're all part machine, part soul. And yeah, it's, it, you know what I mean? Sorry. That was the, I do. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned all the neurochemical and body stuff because I had randomly read something. I don't even remember what it was. I can't even tell you, right? But it was talking about how we are essentially driven by the bacteria in our systems because there's more bacteria in our bodies than there are like other cells, right? So like our bodies is mostly bacteria. And I was just thinking like, damn, so like, all of civilization is really just the drive for bacteria to get more sugar, (laughs) right? Like, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, like that's an interesting thought. Like if civilization is just like the bacteria trying Mm -hmm. to find the most like, like 
easy way to get sugar while stressing people out yeah. and like, you know, like <laughs> making this whole industrial like mess and all of that. And I was like, dang, okay, that's an interesting thought, but it's been like in my mind for the past yeah. couple weeks, right? And so it's true, like even outrage culture, it's like, well, you know, maybe your blood sugar yeah. is dipping and you're just in a bad mind state. And so you say something that's just like kind of ridiculous and you know it's ridiculous, but you can't help yourself. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, maybe it gives you that boost of like sugar in your body. Like it just makes yeah. you like feel all jazzed up. And so <laughs> your your bacteria is all stoked and they're like, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like cancel someone else. Like, let's go. I don't know, but like I've been thinking about that a lot too. Yeah. And it's like interesting because I think like on the one hand, there is that part of me that wants to just be like, okay, whatever. Like, doesn't matter what you do. We just have to fold you into community. But the other part of me is like, okay, but some things are really bad. And like, we probably cannot have you as part of community. But then it just like flies in the face of that banishment thing again, because even in the old days, right, when they would banish people, what might happen is either you die, you come back and you're like, I learned my yeah. lesson, I will behave, right. you know, or you find a bunch of other banished fools and just become a problematic community <laughs> of super problematic people who go around terrorizing yeah, stealing all the horses. And it's like, those are kind of your options, yeah. you know? And so it's like, we don't want to have super problematic, you know, turbo community, yeah. right? Like we don't want to have like, we don't want to make people, we want to be able to integrate people in if they've learned their mm. lesson and we don't want to death sentence them. Right. So it's like, it becomes really like a nuanced ground to tread, especially because we don't have small communities that mm. can fold people in and like, keep an eye on the banished guy yeah. who's out there for like three days having the worst three days of their yeah. life you know what I mean like so it's like I don't know how we do that in society but a lot of issues that we have are coming from that banishment and that feeling of banishment mm. and being unheard and un, you know unseen in society yeah. like even now with the rise of fascism around the world yeah. and previously with the rise of yeah. fascism in the world a lot of that was coming from people who felt disenfranchised unseen mm. shut out you know like that the world was passing them by while they're continuing to suffer despite the fact that they were doing everything they needed to do yeah. and then they scapegoat innocent people yeah. and people die because of it right. so it's like what do we do with those things in mind you know what i mean it's like how do we mar how do we get our bacteria to behave itself. Kidding, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, you know, uh, this is, you said something so profound. I'm going to follow it with something kind of stupid, but we both have kids. I I'm positive that preschool was invented by germs. Like pre <laughs> preschool is a germ conspiracy and it only exists to spread disease. Like, Oh my gosh. I believe it though. (laughs) Kids are gross. I was sick for like a year and a half when my kids started school. It's. (laughs) 
I used to work at a school and we would have to shake the hand of every kid before they went into class. Yeah. And it was just so gross. Sometimes like I really tried not to like put a look on my face, but they'd be like wiping their nose. Yeah. And going like, straight for Good it. Good morning. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my. Okay. Well, <laughs> good morning to you and everything on your hands. That's just yeah. Like yeah. You know. Do you mind? I'm gonna I'm gonna step away for just one second. I'll be right back. And we're back. Yay. Yay! Sorry about that. You know, I actually I just realized we're like already at an hour. Um, do you have like a few more minutes to talk about like you know your your glorious return to? The social media scene? Like, what are you up to now? I got time. So I feel like I'm still finding my footing in what I'm doing now, right? Like, Mm. I could have waited longer, but I'm also, like, a little chaotic in that I was like, now it's the time. I'm just going to do it. (laughs) And then later I was like, oh, I could have done, like, a whole branding thing. Like, whatever. Been professional about Mm. it. But, oh, well. So now it's like the stuff I'm talking about, I'm trying to be poignant and maybe focused, but I'm just finding like, I'm almost at a point where I don't even care. Right. So I'm like, I am just going to talk about things when I have something to talk Mm. about and it's going to be what it's going to be. And I just have to trust that everything is going to work out and that the right people are going to find me. And that's how I ran it before is that things are going to work out and the right people will find me and I'm not attached. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm trying to remember that yeah. and just build off of that and kind of like allow myself to be invested in the process and keep, you know, like, trying to build but also just be divested in the process and you know like so it's kind of been it's been an interesting exercise in that non-attachment you know like just letting it be what it is and just trusting that I'm like I keep joking but I'm low-key serious it's like I'm gonna keep doing it until everybody tells me to stop you know (laughs) what I mean yeah um I've been doing some iteration of what I'm doing now, which is just talking about spiritual concepts Mm -hmm. and the intersection of history and like bringing all different kinds of like patterns and, and things together. You know, Um, I've been doing that since I really got serious about spirituality in like 2009. So it's not like this is new. It's been a quick minute and I keep returning to it. I mean, I've worked as a, you know, marketing director Mm. I've worked at a school I was a teacher like and I still keep coming back (laughs) and while I'm doing all of that I'm still doing the spiritual stuff and so I'm just like this is obviously what it is it's never been different I've always been on this path I'm just gonna own it and Mm. so I'm just kind of owning that this is my journey and that I need to just commit to it and not be afraid to step into that place. So I kind of feel like now, like I said, I feel like it's almost like a empty slate, even though it's not empty, you know? So I'm just like, I'm just meandering and hoping that people share things and that they go and, you know, uh, help me build that back, Mm. you know? Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I'm into it. I, you know, some of the ideas that you've shared, I mean, like just in this conversation, even though we've mostly been talking about trauma, there's been so many moments where your like love shines through and your like appreciation of people shines through. And like, that's, that's really special to be able to uh, continue to have that and to continue to have like the, the spiritual, I don't know if I want to call it faith, but there's um, like a, a, uh, a commitment to, to, you know, even, even like, like you just said, the idea of like non-attachment that you're attempting to work through, I think is, you know, some people might abandon something like that and, and, you know, like go completely in the other direction, but you, I think it shows a lot of integrity that you are being true to yourself in this way. And I, I think it's, I think it's really cool. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I super appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, the thoughts there definitely to just be like, you know what, forget it. I'm done. But I also keep thinking, I'm like, what else am I going to do? This is what I yeah. do. So. It's weird, isn't yeah. it? It's almost something that I've started to think about myself. Like there are days I'm bipolar, so I don't necessarily need like the targeting of the entire internet to feel like paranoid and, and depressed. You know, it's yeah. just like part of my regular cycle. Um, but I, I like, I mean, even somewhat recently, my, I threw away an old phone without doing a factory reset on it. I just like threw it in the trash, which is like, first of all, I feel bad about that just because I should have like given it to like maybe a youth center or something like that. Like people need even shitty phones like that would, that would improve some kid's life. And so I feel bad about that, but, um, I was like hardcore spring cleaning. And so I was like throwing yeah. away, I probably threw away like six bags of crap that had accumulated in my house. Cause I've lived here too long. And, uh, and so one of the things was a phone and I guess somebody dug through the trash or was at the dump and found the phone. They got it charged. They turned it on and they were able to like hack my Google account. They were able to like change my password on all of everything. And it was like I was getting these like two factor requests for my iCloud account, like oh just over God. the course of the day. And it felt like I, I like I, I went online and I like froze my credit score and I, you know, whatever. And it was like this, like it, it was almost like being stripped naked in front of the internet, you know, like this, this person was like getting yeah. into account after account. Cause once they have got Google, they can get Amazon. And then, everything, you know, like yeah. everything was kind of dominoing. And I was like trying to change passwords as fast as I could to like keep ahead of them. Uh, and I was at, at like some point during that day, I was horribly paranoid, like driving around and I'd like park at a parking lot and just like, I'm, you know, like looking, you know, giving everyone the side eye, someone pulls up next to me. I'm like, who the fuck is that? You know, because I had no idea it, it was even the result of me throwing away the phone. I had, you know, no clue what was happening. Right. So I can relate in some small way. It didn't last two weeks, but it was like, it was a soul crushing paranoia for, for a couple days. Um, so I can relate somewhat. And just like my, um, I guess, bipolar fantasy, the thing that I always like return to is like, I'm being attacked for my art. And so mm-hmm. it's really interesting. It's a really valuable opportunity for me that you've like been so generous to share your story because it's since I, since 2007, 
I've had this this thought that like my writing was gonna cause me to become the target of the CIA or you know whoever, uh, and so uh, it's it's uh, I can't stop. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. That's what I'm trying to return to. That's what I'm reacting to. That mm-hmm. like no matter how many times I become like wholly and totally convinced that there are people after me and I like try to give up writing, you know, it lasts a year and then I'm like right back at it. I'm writing a poem a day or I'm, I have started a new blog or whatever. Um, but this like podcast and blog thing that I've got going on now is the most public it's ever been. And uh, yeah, the idea of being able to give it up, it does. It feels like part of your identity. How could you, how could you give it up? Yeah. So what are your like specific like things? Are you, you've got the Patreon running again. You've, I know like. So I've had it running the whole time, but that was the only way you could find me before. Mm. So it was like super word of mouth and I did get people. So that was kind of wow. cool. Um, so this is kind of my low key like experiment, but I also, um, I feel like it's wise in that it becomes very intentional Um, my experiment is only word of mouth. Mm. So it's like, you won't find my posts unless someone shares it or tells you that I exist. You won't find my Patreon unless you like stumble on the podcast or whatever. Right. So it's not necessarily very lucrative, but it becomes very intentional. Mm. And the people who join don't just join for a short amount of time, you know, it's like, they really want to be there. Mm. So I appreciate that. And so that's kind of how I've been running it since I started, which was like in 2017, started this iteration of things. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I have no complaints, but that's kind of what I'm doing. So I have the Patreon. I have my website. I have mainly Instagram. Um, Unfortunately, I deleted my Tumblr and I started it again, but I can't get my original name back. So it's kind of whatever to me right now. I know. I'm like so bummed about it. Um, but yeah. And then I just started on threads, which is oh, kind yeah. of fun. I kind of like yeah. it. <laughs> it. You know, I was observing the other day on, I'm on Substack mostly and they have notes, which is like the competitor to threads. Um, but like on these new, like Twitter-esque platforms, people seem a lot nicer. Like maybe the right. algorithm is promoting yeah. nicer behavior or something like that. But People are like, we really fucked up that Twitter thing. Let's be, let's not do that. Oh again. my God. I'm still like in shock that he was even allowed to purchase it. Like that should not have been <laughs> a thing. You know, like I'm still like, how? how do we scapegoat Why? that guy? Let's, <laughs> you know. But see, that's the thing that's interesting to me is like the people who actually deserve it don't stop. They never do. Because they, that's just who they yeah. are. And they're just like that kind of person and they just keep behaving Mm. that way. And it's almost like their audacity is a shield to accountability. Mm. So it doesn't matter how many times you try and pin something on them. They're not going to stop. They don't care. It's just like, okay, whatever, you know, the people who are wrongly accused are the ones who like freak out and lose their mind and like hide away because they're just like, what is happening? You know, I can't even believe it. So I'm almost like, it's interesting to me because I'm almost like inclined to believe somebody if they have an authentic reaction yeah. to, you know, like 
like drama, right? Like if they're like horrified by it, I'm almost like, okay, something's not right. Right. Because (laughs) the people who like are just kind of like, well, that's not cool. Or I don't like that. You know, it's like, uh, hello. Like, right. Those are some pretty grim accusations. Like you should maybe be a little upset about it. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So yeah, yeah, he doesn't seem to care and he just doubles down on it. And yeah, clearly that works for him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like, yeah. Well, right. I mean, like the, the, the biggest offenders are uncancelable. Like the, everyone who like has actual power is uncancelable. And the people who like really get hurt by this stuff are like the, the people who are able to be hurt and that vulnerability is what makes them positive, you know, influences on society. Whereas the people who have power and cannot be canceled, like that's, uh, they're just, they're, they're going to keep shitting on, you know, us normal people, but you know, it's the, it's the people who are vulnerable that, I don't know, like RuPaul's always saying like your vulnerability is the thing that people are going to connect to. And I think that it's, it's, you know, like Brene Brown or someone, it would say like, that's how we, you know, build the community that you're talking about that like is a pro-social and happy spiritual sangha, you know, that's, uh, and, and yet those are the people that we, that we target, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like it's almost, it becomes easy to target people like that because you think they can take it. You know, it's almost like the friend that you don't check on because you think they're okay, mm. right? And it's like we we just project onto that because it seems like an easy place to put mm. that on, right? Like, oh, you know, you're so nice. Well, if you're so nice, then why this? And so you think that the person is going to be able to be like, well, because, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, but it's not like all of those ideas of people just being able to internalize and just exude loving energy, no matter what comes at them. It's like, that's not real. You know what I mean? Like those are allegories. Like even when you get right down to it, the stories of like Jesus, for example, he was like, gouge out your eyes, fool. You know, like he didn't even care. And so I'm just like, see, like again with the boundaries, you know, it's like, love requires boundaries and Mm -hmm. nobody can react from a place that is just completely like open because then you just cease to exist. There's nothing that you can give more than what people are already trying Mm. to, you know, take. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And so I feel like the people who have nothing to give, you know, like the new CEO of, uh, the website formerly known as Twitter. It's like, he's not giving anything. So it's like, what is he going to, what can we take? We can't take anything. We can't project anything because there's already nothing to be given, Mm. you know? And so the people who are giving something are the people we're projecting that onto. Mm. And, you know, it just becomes, it becomes, you can take because that fountain, that glass or whatever is full. Right. right? So we're just taking from it and not replenishing Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does, I think. I think. But it's a bummer. <laughs> it is it's a bummer. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. 
But you know, yeah. I um, I don't know. The uh, I'm glad you're back. That's <laughs> that's the good thing. Um, I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Too. You, so yeah. you mentioned all of these platforms that you're on, and you mentioned it's word of mouth. It like should I uh, link them in the show notes? Do you want to say like your if your... you want to? I would love. Okay, that. great. Yeah. Uh, do you want to like you yeah. know? It's good to double down. Do you want to shout your usernames out as well? So, pretty much. It will be H E X A C T I V I S T hex activist on any platform. Mm-hmm with the exception of the Tumblr one, which is banished, Witch, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that's it. Um, my Patreon again, it's the same, you know, patreon.com slash hex activists and Instagram is mainly where I post. Mm. And then, um, yeah, those are the ones that I think I'm most active on. So it's like, you'll get the most out of following me there. And then I do have a sub stack. It's under a hex activist as well. And that one is, I do have the option to pay, but I keep it free because I'm just trying to love that put stuff out there. So I just put random ideas and I'm not quite sure what I want to do with it because I do have a Patreon. Yeah. They're um, very similar. Yeah. We'll see. So I'm just kind of, I do try to publish anytime I publish on Patreon, I try and also do a sub stack, but they're different. Uh to like entice people to be on. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Even though, like I said, I'm not charging for that one, even though you can pay if you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gift economy. And it's then, if people are getting value out of it, then maybe they buy you a coffee or whatever. I love that. I mean, that's the, that's the idea. That's kind of how I've tried to run things, which I'm, it's difficult. Again, one of those, like maybe I shouldn't. And then no, I want to, because it's like, I start my Patreon at a dollar. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, I feel like everything should be free. I don't yeah. want to force you to pay to engage with me. But on the other hand, if you don't request sufficient money, mm. people don't necessarily value you. They don't necessarily, you know, want to pay that. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's a difficult balance. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure what I want to do. Right. Like when that's concerned, but I ultimately always come back to the idea of if people can and want to pay, then I want to give them that opportunity. And I don't want to like, you know, force it. And I'm just going to see what happens and I'm going to trust that everything's going to work out. So, I mean, like, you know, I do that. That's the same model I use for uh, the Creek Mason Substack, and it is surprising and wonderful that people are willing to provide mm-hmm. that gift. You know, uh, yeah. It there. I you know we've spent a lot of time on the dark side on the you know the three of swords kind of aspect of things, uh, but there are some wonderful people out there who. You know, like of those 5,000 followers, a lot of them probably were trustworthy and and wonderful people. Oh my gosh, they were amazing. And I'm so grateful because as much as um, they tell me all the time that I provide to them, they really give to me. And the whole reason why I came back was because of those people. So it's not, it wasn't for me so much as everybody really told me how much they missed seeing Mm. me show up on their timelines and everything. And I was like, okay, why am I hiding when that 
doesn't make me feel good. And it also takes something away that was really important to a lot of people, you know? So. Wonderful. (laughs) Hex, thank you so much for becoming a node in the net. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This was, this was, the conversation flew by and like I got a lot of questions answered and now if anything, I might be more scared of being canceled, but I know what to look out for. No, don't be scared. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> it's not the end it's of the not world. The end. That's true. Yes. After every tower, there is a star. And I think that, uh, that you, you seem to be, uh, the right kind of person to make a comeback. So I'm, I'm rooting for you. Well, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Thank you.